Welcome back to another episode of Cherishing Scripture Podcast. My name is Zach, and I am here today with Jeremy, Nathan, and Dr. Bailey. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Great. Excellent. Uh, Now, uh, we just got off uh, last week. We got done uh, with the passage that talked about the brevity of life or the shortness of life. Uh, What is your life? Um, And then it follows up right in the same context. Uh, It starts in verse number 17. Uh, with a very powerful statement, uh, and it's really accumulating. It's summarizing everything that's been in this past passage. That's why the word uh, therefore is there. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and read it out. It says, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. That's exactly right. Hmm. That's exactly right. Very good. Now, um, Pastor Bailey, why don't you go ahead and uh, describe to us what type of sin it's talking about here? Well, you know there are different uh, there are different types of sin listed in the Old Testament. There is uh, in the Old Testament it's actually more specific because in the Old Testament there were there were a great deal of of different infractions that could be committed. Uh, some were the most innocent if you want to call it that, were known as sins. And then there were the next level, which is iniquity. The third level, transgression. And transgression is the most flagrant and deliberate of all. Um, And those normally come in the form of what we would call sins of commission, meaning that it is a violation of something you were specifically told not to do. So in the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt not kill. You're specifically told not to. If you do it anyway, that's a sin of commission. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. So those are things that are classified as sins of commission. Then there is the second category of sins known as sins of omission, which means you are told to do something and you do not do it. Um, For example, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. If you do not do that, that's classified as a sin of omission. Or in other words, you omitted the will of God. You you did not do the will of God. So sins of commission, sins of omission. I don't know which is worse, uh, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, in my life, I've been guilty of both and have had to confess and seek uh, forgiveness and restoration of fellowship because of sins of commission and sins of omission. I do remember on one occasion... We had this group of people that were coming to our church. They were from a Wesleyan Methodist background, which is a very Spartan, very very strict, ultra separatist type uh, background. You know, I mean, it was it was all the way down to you know they wouldn't wear wedding bands because it was jewelry. They didn't you know there was no cosmetics on women. You couldn't cut your hair. Uh, no open toed shoes. No buying, selling, or trading of anything on the Sabbath or on the Lord's Day. Very, very separated people, and really, you know, I loved them. You know, I, I love their their commitment and their dedication, but they crossed the line and uh, over into this idea that you could maintain a state of sinlessness for extended periods of time, months, without committing a sin, which was totally foreign to me. You know, I I, I totally didn't get that, and so we locked horns about it one time, and I remember fellow's name was Jimmy and I remember talking to him and just saying hey look you know I don't think you understand the doctrine of you know what we would call in 
in Bible college the doctrine of hamartiology or the doctrine of sin. And he said, uh, he said, look, you can go if you if you're disciplined enough, if you are devout enough and sanctified enough, you can go months and months and months and not commit a sin. And so I asked him the question. I said, are you talking about sins of commission or sins of omission? He didn't know what I was talking about. And so he had categorized um, sin. He thought that all sin was sin of commission. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not doing what God told me not to do. I'm not guilty of sins of commission. What he did not take into account was that there are also sins of omission, which means there's some things that God has told you to do and you are refraining and you're not doing it and it's causing you to have uh, an equally sinful life. So, for example, um, if, you know, he had, a, the, the, of course, along with those types of legalistic attitudes, a lot of times there come, there's a very arrogant way, a very condescending, you know, look down your nose at people. And uh, and he was definitely that way. And so when I brought that to his attention, I said, "Look, you know, um, the Bible says you're supposed to love all men. You're supposed to, to, you know, greet the brethren with a holy kiss. You're supposed to be kind and affectionate. You're supposed to be all these kinds of things." And I, I said, "Are you doing that?" And it dawned on him that there was a long list of sins he was committing, or I should use the other word, maybe that there was a long list of things that he had been commanded to do that he was omitting. Mm-hmm. So sins of commission sins of omission and this is one of those that really highlights James 4:17 it really highlights if you know to do good and you're not doing it it's a sin now notice here as well it's very personal you can't shotgun approach this and say that it's not a uh, like you said it's not a sin of commission where he says don't kill don't steal don't uh, commit adultery it's it's a very personal thing uh, something that could be a sin of omission for you may not be uh, the same sin of omission for me. Right. Uh, and that's why he says here, to him, specific, that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him, mm-hmm. once again, very specific, it is sin. Yeah. So it's not saying uh, this is to a society. Uh, this is to a particular person. Very personal. If God works on you and pulls you in a direction to do something and you refuse to do it, yep. that's a sin for you. That's right. Personally. Sounds, sounds like Jonah. Yep. Jonah was supposed to go preach to the Ninevites, and he, he didn't, didn't do it. it. It's a sin of omission. That's exactly, exactly right. And to go off that point to what I was saying, it wasn't a sin for all the other Jewish rabbis or whoever, prophets. It wasn't a sin for them not to go to Nineveh because God didn't call them to go to Nineveh. Right. He called Jonah specifically. Right. Uh, and and it, it's the same thing. Um, yeah. And this, to me, this it goes down to everything, you know. Uh, if you want to even go to standards and stuff, I, I tell young people all the time, my standards are my standards, my convictions are my convictions. Mm-hmm. Now, is it wrong for someone else to wear something? No, but for me, who's been convicted about it, if I was right. to do it, it's a sin of omission. That's right. And that's really borne out in First Corinthians, you know, when Paul talked about the brother with a weaker conscience. Okay, you know, for example, I, you know, I'll just throw something out here as an example. You know, eating in a restaurant that serves alcohol. Uh, is it a sin? Not for me. Mm-hmm. Not for me. I mean, within reason, of course. You know, there are some restaurants that I would never be caught in in those types of restaurants because of the the nature of the restaurant. You know, like uh, you know the way the waitresses are dressed or something of that nature. I just I don't I won't be there just to be, I don't want to be identified with that. Um, but I do not have a background in which I struggle and battle with temptations to drink alcohol, and so. 
I am in my Christian liberty permitted to do that, uh, to, to eat at a restaurant where they serve alcohol. Whereas there may be another brother in our church that that's an offense to his conscience. And so it is the sensitivity of your conscience that dictates whether or not a certain activity is sinful for you or not. You know, you may get away with wearing something that I cannot wear because the sensitivity of my conscience will not allow me to do that. And that's it is a very tailored verse. You know, it's a very personalized verse here. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. So two times in that verse, to him, to him, you know, it's a very personal verse, very personal. Uh, another sin of omission, uh, Hebrews nine, uh, no Hebrews ten twenty five. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, and so when we uh, when we're not faithful to church as we should be, he's already told us we should have done that, and when we're not that, he says uh, that's a sin of omission. You did not do something that I told you to do. Wow. Yeah, and I, I mean that, and it is different. It's different. You're not necessarily committing a sin by not going to church. Uh, you could be not committing a sin and not going to church. Yeah, but look at the consequences. But yeah, but it's a you sin miss of that omission. spiritual growth. Yeah, and and with that sin of omission, there's an omission of spiritual growth, spiritual input, using your spiritual this gifts, goes to Bible reading, Absolutely. prayer, all fellowship, of that. all of those things. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the Bible doesn't say specifically "Thou shalt read your Bible," right? It says stuff about studying to show yourself approved, but right. uh, that's a sin of omission, right? Not commission. It's interesting on a totally different note, um, kind of hear about like witnessing and whenever you get on this topic of, you know, what about the people who haven't heard the gospel, you know, how do, how do they know that, that they need, they have sin in their life and they need it to be forgiven? Well, the scripture actually says that the word and the law is written on the hearts of, of all human beings. And deep down inside, everyone knows that it's wrong to kill someone. They know it's wrong to steal from somebody. And uh, right here, it's him that knows to do good, and they they do it not. It's sin. So even for for those people in, you know, let's say a, a foreign country, third world country, that they don't have the scripture in their language, they have the law written on their hearts. And they know what is good and acceptable to God deep yeah. down. Romans 1. Yeah, without excuse. You know, if you put this in, we were talking about the personal context of the verse. If you put this in probably one of the most personal areas of sin that people struggle with and people deal with is, is sexual sins. You know, sins of, uh, uh, and, and, and they come in, in both versions. You can have sins of commission, which is somebody who commits fornication or somebody who commits adultery. But then when a husband and wife are married, according to the Apostle Paul, they are not permitted to defraud one another sexually. And so uh, that would be a sin of omission. And so in almost every, in, in almost all of the personal sins, you know, the private sins, the personal sins, in almost all of them, this really hits the mark. I mean, it really, it really deals with things of, uh, of such a nature that are unique to the individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a, whatever he didn't hit in the past four chapters, he nails it down with that verse. It's very convicting. Yep, no question about it. Not doing what we're supposed to do. That's a sin of omission. Yeah, like I said, this is very broad. <clears throat> I mean, it can go to 
if you know the Holy Spirit's working on you to give something in the offering uh, and you don't do it or you give less than you know you should, uh, that's a sin of omission. Uh, you're kind of omitting or avoiding to do uh, what you know the Holy Spirit has called you or led you to do. Um, so it definitely is a very um, broad category, I guess you could say. Yeah. Of a lot, there's a lot of things you don't even think about necessarily. Um, you know, and we we tell the kids that when, especially when they think, "Well, I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't committed a sin." Yeah. But I mean, if we all stop and think for a minute, we've all omitted. Well, a lot of times they say, "I didn't do anything," mm-hmm. and and that's the point. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that's a sin. Not doing anything yeah. sometimes is a sin. And, you know, the other thing, too, that these could be labeled as is not just commission and omission, but you could actually classify these as covert and overt, meaning you have sins that the overt sins, the uh, the visible sins, that's sins of commission. And then you have the overt sins uh, that, are, that are hidden. Sins of the heart. Yep, and they are. They are sins of the heart in many occasions. And, uh, you know, it's it's... It's easy to see a sin of commission. A sin of omission can be hidden very well. Well, Jesus Jesus attacks that one, too, when he says, uh, you may not have, essentially, to paraphrase here, he says, you may not have committed murder, but if you but hate your brother in your heart, heart now, right. did you commit the sin of murder? No. No. But you did omitted you? the act of love. Mm. If you do not love that brother in your heart, then you have committed sin. Yeah. The sin of murder in your heart. So once again, same with adultery or fornication. These are people's did favorite you, sins because they're so easy to hide. Yep. So yep. easy to conceal. Did you, did you uh, necessarily do something or fornicate with that woman? Maybe not. Uh, but did you think about it? Did Did you let it right. kind of go on in your mind? Yep. Did you let it play out? That's not a sin of commission. You didn't commit a sin. You didn't fornicate. But, I mean, according to Jesus, you pretty much might as well have. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. And you got to remember, too, that St. Augustine, he, can, he in, his, in his letters, he, he confessed sins that he would have done if he had a chance. He confessed it as if he had done it. Hmm. So if you can imagine, you know, um, if, he had, if he had an opportunity to steal, he would steal. So he had to confess that as stealing, because it was in his heart, and uh, and he that's how he maintained such a in his institutes he he uh, he maintained such a close walk with God because he knew that uh, his heart was desperately wicked and wanted things that if an opportunity came to take it it would take it yeah and it all goes back down to uh, what you are you are a sinner. Uh, when you get saved, Christ's righteousness covers you, so all, that's all that God can see. And praise the Lord for that, and we're happy for that. But that doesn't change who you are, necessarily. Uh, you're still going to battle the same things. You're going to battle the flesh. You're going to be clothed in Christ's righteousness, but you're going to have the same fights, the same battles, the same temptations. Uh, sometimes, I've even had times where something will happen, and then inside... I, I, maybe I didn't do so, say something out loud or think something out loud or commit it, uh, but there's been times in my mind where you, you, if you're not even careful, your mind will just start to wander, and then uh, almost that conviction will hit that, man, I shouldn't have been thinking about that. Man, I shouldn't have let that go on. 
Uh, once what's, again, what's that saying? Uh, an idle mind is the devil's playground. Yep. 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 Uh, and that's uh, truthfully, uh, it's very easy to say that I haven't committed a sin. Uh, it's been a while since uh, for someone to say I haven't committed a sin. Uh, you could maybe get away with that, but uh, I mean, our mind, our heart, so so as the Bible says, desperately wicked. It's so wicked that you can you can never control your heart. You can never control your mind. And I mean, uh, it's always going places, uh, whether it's doubt or lust or greed or whatever it is. Your mind is always a battleground uh, for those things. Yeah. I'm reminded of witnessing in this passage. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've been at the grocery store and just see someone and then you just feel that tug on your heart to go witness to them. And you, I don't know whether it's embarrassment or, or what, and you just can't muster up the courage to go do it. And then it just sinks in on you later. Yeah, I was at uh, work the other day. Something like that kind of happened to me. I was going out and uh, spraying something down, and a guy on a bike was slowly driving by, and he looked at me, and I felt that lead led to give him a track, and I didn't do it. And so I continued to work and kept my head down as he go, drove past, and it uh, started beating me up. Well, then he finally turned back around, and I was able asked me for a dollar. I was able to give him water and a track. So I can't tell you how many times it's happened to me. Yeah. Where? Well, there are two other examples uh, in the Gospels, one of them in Luke 10, you remember when Jesus gave the story of the uh, the Good Samaritan. And um, uh, the two earlier characters passed by that beaten and bruised and, and wounded man, and they saw him, there was an opportunity, and they passed by, they, they went clear to the other side of the road so that they could get around him. That's a sin of omission. And mm-hmm. so I think even Jesus illustrated that sins of commission, sins of omission are different, distinct in, them, in and of themselves. Um, the, the other example in Matthew 25, you know, he talks about, uh, um, you know, uh, the, this, at the judgment, I think it's the judgment of the nations is the one that he's referring to there, and he talks about uh, you, you clothed me, you fed me when I was hungry, you clothed me when I was naked, you gave me shelter when I was homeless. And they said, Lord, when did we clothe thee? When saw we thee naked? And he said, inasmuch as you did it unto these, my little ones, you did it unto me. And then the second group comes up, and he says, depart, uh, you know, and cast them out of his presence. And they say, why? Because you did not clothe me, a sin of, co- of omission. You did not house me. You did not feed me. And then they said, Lord, when saw we thee naked? And he said, inasmuch as you did it not unto the, one of these of my little ones, you did it not also to me. So sins of commission, sins of omission, right there in the red words of Christ himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is deep. Yeah, great examples of it throughout Scripture. You know, this is not a, this is not one of those obscure subjects that you don't hear a whole lot about, uh, or, or it's not addressed in Scripture, but you don't hear a whole lot about it in the church. You know, people don't want to talk about. They they really don't like talking about sin a whole lot at all. When you start breaking sin down and categorizing and say, look, there's more than one kind of sin. Because, you know, all of our grandmas used to say it. You know, there's no such thing as big sin, a little sin. It's all just sin. And that's just not supported in Scripture. It's just not true. Uh, There's big sin. There's little sin. There's sins of commission. There's sins of omission. There's sin. There's iniquity. There's transgression. You know, these are all categorized in Old Testament and, in many cases, New Testament as well. I would submit that some sins of omission can be worse than sins of commission. Sure they can. 
Sure they can, especially when you think about tithing. If you abstain from tithing and then you use that money for something else, you got a double dip. I mean, you, you, <laughs> you not only kept the money, but you used it for some unworthy cause. Yeah. And uh, that was Ananias and Sapphira. And the holy and they lied the Bible and then what do you got there you know then you got to lie to the Holy Ghost and then you get killed for it you know <laughs> so sins of omission have uh, you know more of a commanding presence in our lives because uh, once you do it and you feel like you're hiding it and, and what have we been talking about you know several weeks ago in James we were talking about you know this this hypocrisy and this you know this this cover up that we want to do instinctively and and he more or less blows the cover on all that and says look you know. It's a big, nasty, ugly, scandalous sin in your life, whether it's omission or commission, covert, overt, whatever it is. So, I guess along the, I guess to put it all into a short, little tiny story. If you don't want to end up in the belly of the whale, pray for yep. a clean heart. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that goes along with what we were talking about today. Uh, you, you, Zach, you were out working. Um, in children's church this morning but we're talking about the call to preach and there's some people who have it and some people who don't you know jonah had it mm. and then didn't do it yeah. you know and so look at the consequences of it and so uh you know then you got the other side of it you got people who don't have the call and they're insisting on doing it anyway and that's equally dangerous i think but in this context you know not doing what god has called you to do or what god has commanded you to do heavy penalties very heavy. and we're going to talk about that in fact even more tonight so, so it's a good discussion, guys. Yeah, yeah, well, good. Absolutely. So you can uh, find these podcasts. You can visit us online at our church's website, www.brandonbaptisttabernacle.com or .org. Either one of those will take you there. Uh, you can get the podcast there. You can also check these out on YouTube. You can search for I search for Brandon Baptist Tabernacle, and I search for Cherishing Scripture podcast. Both of them take me to the same place. So you can get them on YouTube, listen to them at your leisure, uh, send them to a friend. But what we really, really appreciate is if you'll like and subscribe. Uh, we would definitely love to uh, to see some uh, some response of that form. Very helpful to us. And uh, be much in prayer for us. We're uh, in a busy summer. Uh, by the time you get this, we'll be hopefully concluding our vacation Bible school, and we're really expecting a great, fruitful week. Uh, so let's just pray that God's will be done in all of those things. Um, we uh, we're honored to have you as listeners, and we don't want you to forget that. It really means a lot to us when we get some feedback from people who have said, "Hey, I've been listening, and you know, I've been blessed and been encouraged." That's always helpful, and so uh, uh, keep those comments coming. We really appreciate those. So we'll say a word of prayer and close for another week, Brother Waters. You mind praying for us, dear Lord? We just thank you for another time that we get to come together and just uh, feast off your word. Uh, Lord, this is not uh, this is not milk. This is this is the meat we were getting meat today. Amen. Lord, I pray that you will, uh, chasten us. Lord, I pray that you will mold us into the Christians you want us to be. And this is our prayer, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys.